Kentucky football picks up a massive win over the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Citrus Bowl, and Kentucky basketball picks up wins over High Point and Missouri. We talk about all of those three victories on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TVs, movie, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, Kentucky victors of the Citrus Bowl over Iowa. 20 to 17 was the final score. Did not look like uh, Kentucky was going to be able to put it out, uh, pull it out after such a uh, poor second half showing, but they were eventually able to put together a scoring drive to get a victory over Iowa. 10 win season, first since 2018. I believe I've seen out there uh, over the past couple of days, you know, different things floating around. Like since 2017, 2016, Kentucky's had two first round picks. Uh, they have a 33 and 16, 33, 17 record. They've had two 10 win seasons and obviously capped this uh, season off with a win in the Citrus Bowl. Going to go over some key moments, some key statistics, some key players in this game. Just going to talk about everything that kind of happened in this Citrus Bowl. Chris Rodriguez, uh, who had 20 attempts for 107 yards and one touchdown. Kentucky's running back uh, was absolutely phenomenal in this game. He did not uh, did not necessarily have a ton of experience explosive running plays in this game, right? Uh, he didn't necessarily have anything that that really wowed you in terms of like, here's a chunk uh, play of 45, 30 yards or more, something like that. What he did was keep this Kentucky offense balanced, and that's what they desperately needed against the Hawkeyes, a very sound uh, sound defense, both statistically and when you watch them on tape. It would have been very difficult for Kentucky to have just tried to survive throwing the football the entire game had Chris Rodriguez not been a legitimate factor uh, in the offense. He also caught one touchdown, uh, one reception for five yards in this game, so two total touchdowns for Chris Rodriguez, but he was the not, not the, uh, the MVP uh, of this game. I'll talk about that really quickly before we get to the MVP, talk about that touchdown catch. That was on the first drive of the game for Kentucky. Right after Iowa had stalled out, Kentucky got the ball back and then marched right down the field and scored what was a very uh, very impressive drive. It was a very impressive drive from Kentucky, and it was a really nice play calling, especially on that touchdown. It was a little throw uh, into the flat, kind of like a swing pass to Chris Rodriguez, and uh, he just kind of waltzed into the end zone. Really nice play calling early on. Really good stuff from the Kentucky offense uh, early on. The MVP of this game, though, Wandale Robinson, 10 receptions, 170 yards, and caught passes of, listen to this. Okay, so Kentucky was down on their final drive, 13-17. They needed a touchdown to win the game. Wandale Robinson caught passes of 7, 17, 10, and 52 yards on that final drive of the game. He had every single catch that was made on that drive. Absolutely impressive stuff from Wandale. He took a shot, I believe, on one of those plays, and then he got all the way down inside the two-yard line on that 52-yard catch. Uh, really, really impressed with the way that Wandale stepped up when Kentucky needed him the most, and that was kind of a question that we talked about 
on Thursday uh, with Locking On uh, Hawkeyes host uh, Andrew Wade, we asked the question, would Iowa actually be able to slow down Wandale Robinson, and if so, how? And we kind of discussed, like, well, teams of the past have typically uh, used bracketed coverage. They've used different things like that. And so what we would expect is to just see a lot of focus, a lot of attention on Wandale Robinson. Uh, in this matchup and certainly that was the case but whenever Kentucky needed it most when they needed to move down the field and get yardage Wandale Robinson was there uh, and he was able to pick up some crucial catches in the most important uh, part of the game for the Wildcats Spencer Petrus the Iowa Hawkeyes quarterback had one touchdown and threw three interceptions now one of those was on a Hail Mary before the end of the half so two interceptions technically uh, but three interceptions is what he finished with uh, in his stat line the turnover margin in this matchup was was critical. It was, a, it was a talking point all the way back in early December when this game was announced. I went through and broke down every single game for the Hawkeyes and how turnover margin was incredibly important in their wins. It was incredibly important in their losses as well. When this defense does not create turnovers, therefore getting getting better field position for their offense that is not very good. Uh, this Iowa this Iowa team has a really hard time scoring points and, and winning football games. And to have a minus two turnover margin, Will Levis threw a pick himself. So minus two turnover margin in this bowl game was really, really critical uh, for the Hawkeyes. Although I will say something positive that the Hawkeyes did. Iowa had 173 yards rushing. So that's 5.8 yards per attempt. The defensive line was getting pushed around uh, for what felt like the majority of the second half. Early on in the game, Iowa's play calling, I'm not going to lie to you, I was really confused confused by some of the things that they were trying to do. Obviously, they were trying to get uh, their, their their playmakers in space. I believe their leading receiver was out of this game. Tyler Goodson, the running back, was also out of this game. So they were just trying to do a bunch of different things that didn't necessarily work out in the second half or in the first half. In the second half, they adjusted, and a lot of it had to do with just straight up running the football uh, and just kind of uh, pushing that Kentucky defensive line around. Uh, the reason that Iowa did not score uh, more than 17 points in this game, even though I think they had a very solid day, at least in terms of what their offense is capable of doing. That a really solid day yardage-wise. The reason that they, they uh, didn't score more points is that Kentucky hogged the football. And not only that, Iowa had three turnovers, but Kentucky hogged the football. 37 minutes and 36 seconds in time of possession for the Wildcats, and I absolutely love that. Look, you're dealing with an offense that you that you don't necessarily know a whole lot about considering there are so many different playmakers that are having to step up in this bowl game for the Hawkeyes. You don't know a ton about those guys, right? So your best bet is to try and hold on to the football, try and run the football a little bit, and see if you can milk some of this clock so that this, uh, this Iowa offense does not necessarily have a lot of time on the field because I was very critical of Iowa back in uh, early December when I broke them down uh, I said that, th that this was an atrocious offense and to be quite honest with you it, it still is but to not be able to have a full scouting report on some of the guys that were playing out there for a long time actually uh, on on uh, on Saturday you know it makes it really really difficult uh, to be able to get a legitimate scouting report in and be able to hold them. So to be able to keep away the uh, the uh, the ball from the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes offense was impressive. One more note here. Kentucky was 6 of 14 on third down. There were several moments in this game where Kentucky needed a uh, clutch conversion to keep a drive going, uh, you, you know, to just kind of survive in the game late especially, and Kentucky was usually able to uh, deliver. Now that offensive line did not hold up very well, uh, in, in including on third down, but, you, you know, I really liked what I saw from this team whenever it needed 
to get points whenever it needed to do something, whenever it needed to make a play. It felt like Kentucky was stepping up consistently in this game. And then an interception sealed it late. And I believe the Wildcats had only gotten six interceptions the entire season. They pick up three to, to bring their total to nine on the year. Uh, very impressed with this unit, uh, this defensive unit, the offensive unit, um, creating clutch play after clutch play uh, whenever they needed to the most. We're going to talk about Kentucky basketball's win over Missouri. Open up conference play in a huge way, continuing to build on the momentum that they uh, they started uh, building whenever they beat North Carolina just a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk about their win over uh, Missouri in just a second. But before uh, I tell you guys about that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Get Upside. All right, Kentucky fans, let me tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. If you have Get Upside, as all Locked On Kentucky listeners should, then you will be making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free app, or the the, uh, the Get, uh, Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now, and you can use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, just download the app for free using promo code college to get up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people are 50% uh, 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as $200-300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal, or an e-gift card or Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code college to get 50% a gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's that's college for 50 cents a gallon on your first tank. All right, moving along here, Kentucky basketball. Last Wednesday, did not get a chance to talk about this uh, at, at all, actually. We were previewing the uh, the Citrus Bowl with Locked On Hawkeyes before New Year's Eve. Uh, Kentucky basketball picked up a huge win over uh, the Missouri Tigers uh, on uh, on Wednesday, it was. And, you know, I think I was, I was sitting here breaking this game down on Wednesday, and I had a lot of doubts. Right, I had a lot of uh, a lot of worry about what this Kentucky team was going to be able to do. Now that they had kind of built some momentum, would they be able to kind of continue what they were uh, what what they were building on? And I concluded Wednesday's podcast saying yes, yes they would. And we talked about why they would. We talked about this Missouri offense and how poor it is. We talked about the defense wasn't that great either. And um, we thought, you know, honestly, it's a game at Rupp Arena. Uh, Kentucky should be able to catch a dub here, and they did. 83-56 to 56 was the final score. Just an absolute blowout uh, in Rupp Arena to open up conference play. Missouri did what they normally uh, do, which is not make shots. They were 32.8% uh, from the floor, so that's 22 of 67 uh, from the floor, and they shot 20% from three. They made five of their 25 threes that they took, and that was kind of the thing that really bothered me about this wild or this uh, Tigers team excuse me, coming into Rupp Arena. They didn't have Konzo Martin, their head coach. They couldn't shoot the basketball and Kentucky had a lot of momentum. Those were the three talking points uh, for, for us on, on Wednesday's podcast, and, you know, all of those things kind of seemed to be a legitimate factor uh, in this matchup. Now, Kentucky did not shoot as well from three as I thought they would. I believe Missouri is allowing opponents to shoot about 36% from downtown on the year, and Kentucky only shot 29.4% in this game, I believe, um, but still. Kentucky was able to kind of dominate and do what they uh, normally do. Speaking of doing things that Kentucky Kentucky uh, normally does, how about 20 rebounds from Oscar Sheebway? Uh, just kind of typical at this point. We see this every other game. We see this every other day. Uh, Oscar Sheebway just being dominant in the paint, uh, controlling things offensively and defensively, grabbing a ton 
of rebounds. Keon Brooks, who I um so so we did a breakdown of every single uh player that has gotten significant playing time on Kentucky's roster just a few episodes ago. We gave each player a grade coming out of non-conference play, and I was not pleased with Keon Brooks simply because of his shot selection. And it, it, it feels like he, he went back, he, went, he watched that episode, and he's like, all right, Lance is upset with my shot selection. Well, I'm going to continue to take those shots, and I'm going to knock him down in the SEC opener. 17 points, 9 rebounds for, for Keon Brooks. Uh, just shot, uh, shot very, very well. And a lot of it did come from that mid-range uh, area, right? A lot of it did come in transition, pulling up, uh, making, making little, little jump shots, little layups, different things like that. And I'm going to say I'm impressed. I will say if the three-point shot is not his – if that is designated for some other player on this team and that's what he wants to be known as, is that guy that can make that pull-up jumper, uh, then you know what? If he's going to make it, then I'm all for it. But if he doesn't, then I'm going to be critical. But last night, or excuse me, Wednesday night, whoa, not last night, Wednesday night, uh, really impressed with what he was able to bring to the table. Only 11 uh, turnovers uh, for the Wildcats on this night, and that has been an issue uh, with Severe Wheeler pushing the ball off the floor. At least it was early on in conference play, was uh, turnovers for the Wildcats. Only 11 11 in their SEC opener. Only 13 fouls on Kentucky as well. Missouri had 23, which is just... You, you see that foul discrepancy, and you think that there was something wrong. It's just honestly the, the fouls that Missouri committed were fouls, and Kentucky really didn't commit any fouls. They played relatively clean. Uh, Kentucky was also 22 of 26 from the free throw line, uh, and Missouri was 7 of 10. 25 points in transition for the Wildcats on Wednesday, and Severe Wheeler was a huge part of that. We've talked about his ability to play well in transition, talk about how patient he is sometimes in transition, leading a fast break. It's, I know it kind of sounds weird. It kind of sounds weird to say a guy that's patient and decisive on a fast break, um, but Severe Wheeler is really, really good at doing so. He had nine of Kentucky's 12 assists, and you know, 12 assists is nothing to write home about, but for uh, for one individual player to have nine, you got to be able to distribute the uh, the basketball a little bit more at least I feel like so those were some of the the, the talking points from the Missouri game impressed with uh, with what the uh, the Wildcats did in their SEC opener and we talked about building momentum right we talked about trying to get things going before SEC play really got into the th- thick of things we were talking about this all the way back whenever we started this podcast right so I think it's going to be very important for Kentucky to uh, continue to play well they have LSU by the way tomorrow we're going to have a huge preview of that matchup going to be a lot of fun the LSU Tigers finally uh, lost. They lost to Auburn uh, last week, but uh, they're still a very, very formidable opponent. Play great defense. Going to be a very tough win in Baton Rouge if Kentucky can come away with it. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the uh, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better uh, than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, is this, is this really worth it? Doesn't really feel like it. Where's the chocolate? Where's the sweets? Where's the good stuff? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, whoa, and dozens and dozens of uh, net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack, 
or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and also tastes incredible. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day. Kentucky, high point. This was a game on Friday. To be honest with you, I have no idea why the schedule Maker said, you know what we should do right before conference play or right after conference play starts? Let's put high point in the middle there, just kind of in a weird spot, and let's put it two days after they play Missouri. And this was looking like a little bit of a trap game uh, heading into Friday because high point had just previously played Michigan State on Wednesday, same day that Kentucky played Missouri. Uh, And high point was leading that game against the Spartans at halftime, and it was at Sparty. Uh, that 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 is really really confusing. The fact that six and six high point was able to put up, and the entire game was a legitimate fight. I mean, you go back and watch. You go back and watch the breakdowns that ESPN and different teams have put out, or different uh, media outlets have put out. I mean, that was a that was a dog fight. That was a dog fight all the way up until the end, and and that was a concern heading into Friday. I was like, whoa, okay, so Kentucky gets a little bit of a reprieve against Missouri. Uh, do we think that high point is going to kind of come into Rupp Arena and shock them, led by Tubby Smith? Uh, by the way, who had a jersey hung in the rafters on that day on Friday. Really awesome stuff to see Tubby Smith, former Kentucky Wildcats coach, uh, get to uh, get to have such an Auburn uh, honor. It was an it was an awesome awesome moment. If you haven't seen the videos on Twitter or anything like that, it was awesome. Uh, just to look at some of the things that happened in the game here, real quick. Uh, again, this was a team that led Michigan State at halftime on Wednesday. Kentucky led this game forty three to twenty five at halftime on Friday, and a lot of it had to do with Kellen Gray who was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, He had 23 points and shot 7 of 10 from 3. And this is what I continue to go back to, guys. This is what I've harped on over and over and over and over and over. Kellen Grady needs to get more shots. He needs to get more. This offense operates better whenever Kellen Grady is making threes because what does that do for this offense? Well, they're transition-minded, right? They like to get out on the fast break. They like to sprint down the, the floor. They like to spread things out. And in order to actually spread things out, they need somebody on the perimeter that can knock down those shots. Most of the time, the ball's going inside to Oscar Sheepway. But when teams are kind of leaning on that, kind of expecting that defensively, best thing you can do is kick it out to a guy like Grady, over 2,000 points at Davidson, shooting over 40%, I believe over 44%, actually uh, from three so far this season he will hurt you he will make the shot over half the time uh, if you if you if you get them on uh, nights like this you have to be able to continue to feed Kellen Grady the ball because then teams may start to overcommit may start to actually okay uh, realize like okay we have to guard this guy in transition we have to guard this guy in the half court we have to keep an eye on him next thing you know the ball's going to a guy like Ty Ty Washington who's been incredibly efficient as a uh, as a freshman so far this season or the ball's going back inside to Oscar Sheba oh yeah and by the way uh, Severe Wheeler has his nights as well. So the most important thing, I think, for this Kentucky offense is getting Kellen Grady the ball more in transition, getting him more in the half court, however they can get him touches from beyond the arc. I think it's very, very important for this team, especially in SEC play as things get more difficult, and I think it's especially so uh, in March whenever whenever the tournament rolls around. And this team's not missing the tournament. After seeing this, t- this team really ramp things up over these past few games, I can rest assured tell you Kentucky is not, uh, is not going to, to fall apart in SEC play, or at least I don't think, I hope. Uh, again, again, remind every, reminding everybody, LSU 
Kentucky tomorrow. That game is at 6. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic matchup. We're going to have a breakdown right here on Locked On Kentucky. You do not want to miss it. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on so that you get notified whenever that video comes out tomorrow. If you're if you're listening on podcast, again, really appreciate you making this your, your first listen every single day. Do not forget this episode tomorrow, which, uh, a preview of LSU and Kentucky is coming out. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. We've got stuff growing over there, awesome graphic and stuff uh, being put out there. You can follow me on Daw Pound. I will see you all tomorrow, LSU, Kentucky. It's going to be huge. See you all then. God bless. <laughs>